Hello, and welcome to Maybe We'll Talk, a podcast where I talk to people. Today we are talking to Saint about Clan Book Ventrue, and with this one we will be wrapping up our coverage of the original seven clan books, the clans of the Camarilla, from Vampire the Masquerade, a role-playing game, a tabletop role-playing game from the 1990s that we were more or less obsessed with in high school. We played this game a lot, I played this game a lot, and Saint continued to play it after high school, which I, you know, here and there, touched back. I checked in with Vampire the Masquerade once or twice over the years, but really did not. I really missed a ton of, well, the lore of Vampire in general, but, um, I don't know, the history of the game and the releases through the 2000s, but right now we are focusing on the 1990s, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about what Saint and I are going to talk about next, because we're going to continue covering Vampire the Masquerade, and uh, and we are definitely going to do, you know, all 13 clan books. Yeah, I don't know. Other, other tabletop role-playing stuff from the 90s and the World of Darkness. And uh, without further ado, here is what we thought about clan book Ventrue, the last one published... Of the first edition Camarilla Clans. I watched all of Kindred the Embraced. Oh my god. It's awesome. It, yeah, it's terrible, It's amazing. It's awesome. A lot yeah, of those no, guys it, went on to do other things. No, it's, it's true. They, they did. Um, I was... Um, I remember like being really upset about how bad it was when it first came out yeah i was you know i was to 16 7 15 like i was you know i expected first of all i didn't expect any shots of the broad la daylight i didn't expect a bozo cop partners <laughs> yeah 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 the, the cop yeah the, the mortal cop yeah his his plotline gets like less and less important as the as the season goes yeah. on because she sucks i'm i'm fairly certain i only saw that first episode in the 90s and that was it and i was oh, yeah. like no 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 he the man the tan dracula man walks around in the la sun that's upsetting to me he's breaking the rules someone didn't yeah, read yeah. the source books get aaron yeah, spelling very, on the phone it was very upsetting to me but the truth is as i know now it is actually really difficult to shoot at night oh yeah yeah sure and especially in the not fucking 90s to present yeah. the type of you know what they had to yeah. To broadcast yeah. it on, and people were going to be watching it on CRT televisions, you know, like, <laughs> it was a, I can't exactly. believe how different the world was. I've said it to you a couple times, but it, like, I think people have, I think it's has not sunken in. Yeah, I haven't come back and watched it yet, but I, I seem to recall, like, a lot of scenes of them shot of, like, them in, like, the quote-unquote darkness, but it's really, like, them just standing in front of, like, black curtains, like on a soundstage. Yeah, there's some of that happening. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of really dramatic lighting where someone steps there, where there's like a black space in the scene and someone suddenly steps out of it and appears, which I guess is kind of like the obfuscate thing. But there's a lot of like, yeah, yeah. when yeah. someone steps of out of the spotlight, they just vanish. <laughs> but there is just yeah. like a sheet of blackness kind of in the background of a lot of it. Yeah. It's a bit theatrical. Yeah, in a, in well, a television you know. was like I, television was more, way more theatrical. Like yeah, so yeah, um, um, yeah. What are we here to talk about today? The Clan Book of the Ventru. And I still 
I said at one point that I really I felt like these guys were really the default vampires. Like when I thought about what vampires were like in World of Darkness, these were the guys that came to mind. And like reading this book, it really like I don't feel like I know too much more about them. <laughs> I feel like this one really this might be my least favorite one. Mm-hmm. And these were I... published in order. I mean, they, so like, um, so this was the last of the Camarilla clan books that was published. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean that this was developed last or anything like that, but uh, it does kind of have a different look to it. It's got different page borders. It's got a lot of um, kind of this viney middle ages kind of uh, artwork. Yep. And it's also got weird photos of people. And I do, th- and you know what? I wish I could tell you, and maybe I'll look it up, but I probably won't. Um, I do think, wow, it, whoa, front cover art, art director, uh, Tim Brooke. I do think this is Tim Brooke on the black page. Yes. No, no, no. I, I, I think we established that, okay. that the black page is always Tim Brooke in this, in this series. If you look at it, I've been staring at it for, you know, a few minutes now. It looks like a man with a piggy nose. It, it, I I see that sometimes too. No, we're not necessarily picking those, but like a weird, yeah, best, like a weird, like a weird elephant. Yeah, those. or bat bat like you know when the bats have like protrusions at the tops of their, like oh, yeah, like yeah, a black yeah. spiral dancer. Yeah, My boys. totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just two eyes in the darkness, and the king. Yeah, oh, just that, and that's what cracked. these guys. Oh, yeah. cracked and crumbling. Power like a desolating pestilence pollutes whatever it touches. Percy Bysshe Shelley, Queen Mab. I am certain that Thanos or somebody like that said that absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yes. Well, you know. Probably a Percy, real person. Percy Bysshe. Yeah. <laughs> Percy Bysh- Percy Bysh- Shelley just, you know, is a very poetic, romantic poet. So, you know, of course he had to say it all, all dramatic. Sure. But yes, power. Freedom? You babble to me of freedom? You who dance to the strings of puppeteers so vile and so manipulative <laughs> that you would destroy every symbol of your old existence at their slightest twitch? You, who scream and fight and brawl all night long, draining not only mortals, but the mortal world until it has nothing left to give? You deserve no freedom. You deserve only contempt. Where were you when we built this city? Where were you when we battled the Sabbat? Where were you when the knights promised nothing but treachery and blood? Freedom belongs to those who earned it. For you, the only freedom is death. Um, yeah, the artists are like all over the place. And there's a lot of artists credited and there's lots of art. And uh, maybe it's just because... I think some of this art is actual, like, um, I think actual historical art. Oh! So some of they're crediting art, but they're like in the common domain so they can reproduce them or something like that. Oh, I wonder, I feel like I almost kind of wondered, I'm scrolling now, I wonder, I feel like I kind of wondered about one of these images if I had seen it, like, yeah, I think, yeah, I think I had like kind the, of had that thought. The facing, the facing pages, Yep. I think, some of these, 
or if not, they they are made to look in such a style as to resemble like really, uh, uh, like famous old paintings. Yeah, basically. classical paintings, middle yeah. age kind of Renaissance Renaissance paintings. Would that be fair? Yeah, they, they have that. Painting. They they have that kind of oil, yeah that glow of a classic oil painting look. Exactly. Yeah. So even if that's not what they are, even if they're not actually you know reproduction of something hanging in you know some museum. Yeah, one of these uh, looks very familiar to me, and I'm not sure if it's just because I've been looking at it all week. <laughs> yeah. So this is it's sort of in character. I mean, the first part a little bit more so, but all of it supposedly is in character. And I kind of said this uh, in text, but. All because all of the sections or most of the sections are yeah, signed by yeah, but it's epistolary. It's signed by all these different characters, and some of these characters are referenced later in the book too. Um, so, um, yeah, you're getting a bunch of letters about about the the Ventru clan and its history from all these different people. But it, I, I I'm jumping ahead because I know what you're about to say. Okay, go ahead. Right. I mean, go ahead. <laughs> But as you were about to say, I was, um, I was about to say that you never, I don't feel like they really have any separate voices, these little letters from all of these people. They're all signed as different characters, but I don't feel like the characters are distinct at all. I feel like this, again, reads just like a textbook, like Bork, like the Toreador, but I, I'm almost less interested this time. I don't, I don't know why. I mean, do you, how do you feel about this one? Is this your least favorite one or do you, are you not prepared to? rank them all how do you this feel about boring. yeah okay this, this one is boring um there have been other ones that have been bad for other reasons like gangrel i thought was bad because it wasn't really about the gangrel too much um i thought malkavian was sure kind of bad yep. in certain ways because of the role-playing advice and and just the silliness that just over just too much yeah that's too much uh, it's like a coloring book. The Torador it was kind of bad because it's kind of boring. Mm -hmm. This one is just, this one is just, it's just boring. It was like, this was a slog to read, to be perfectly honest. I don't even um, feel like there's a lot of like specifically vampire history. Like I, like, I feel like there's nothing even like, it is vampire history, but there's nothing vampire-y or supernatural going on really. It's just, they were hanging out there. This happened. They were fighting with these guys. Later on, they fought with these guys. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the thing about um, the Ventru is that um, the Ventru are the, the clan of like the rulers. Yes. Um, and um, the, the you know their their deal is is they you know they they're really they really are the the, the people who, who run the show in the Carmarilla for the most part. Yep. You're gonna find more princes in cities uh, who are Ventru uh, than not, and when you find places where um, the Ventru, you know, the prince is not a Ventru, um, the Ventru clan is almost still is almost inevitably still gonna be extremely influential and powerful. Um, and they are very tight, much not as tight as the Shamir, but they are very, very loyal to their own, and they all they have, you know, they do a lot of business amongst themselves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they they have um, exactly. It's not exactly as tight as the Tremere because the Tremere is very forced. Mm -hmm. 
is in for and enforced from the top down. Everyone, everyone kind of you get kind of brainwashed into it. Everyone kind of buys into it. You know, it's 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 definitely kind of cultish. The venture is more like you know, it's it's like an old boys network. Yeah, literally. yeah. You know? <laughs> it, it's like it's like a club. Um, but um, they talk about how their organization has changed over over the centuries and and millennia, um, and how it's evolved. Um, and in a certain way, it, it kind of almost we. It's like the way their their um, organization has evolved, and the way that their history has evolved is a close mirror to actual moral history because they're so closely involved with um, influencing, controlling large mortal institutions and organizations. Yep. That's kind of their deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're really good at it. Um, not just because of their disciplines, but also just because of the way they work um, and the way that they, they act. Um, and one of the things that kind of makes it boring and not all that interesting is that it's not really all that different from just the way like regular rich people act. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just, <laughs> just, just throw in some dom, just throw in some some dominating presence and live some living forever and drinking blood. Um, you know, I that, that's it. You know, the and it's it's there as i was looking at it, there are certain parts that i was like this is actually really good this is good for for any kind of vampire players stuff to read you know about how influence works um and really about like you know reading it now as like you know somebody who's who's i guess read a lot of news and and seen a lot of things happen in the world in the real world it's like yeah, this is this is like a pretty fair description of how corruption works. Sure. This is how this is how you know regular people in the real world who want to corrupt institutions and gain power over them and gain influence around um, their society, their country, you know, the world, um, a corporation, whatever. This is how they work, and this is what they do. Um, so. It's, it was like it's no good revelation. Like this is what the venture do too. They do these things. <laughs> yep. <Regular stuff. laughs> That's right. They just, they just throw in some dominating presence on top to make it extra, you know, extra nasty and extra strong. All of these books um, talk about how much the clan uses dominate. Like dominate is a really. I, I probably said this exact thing already on this podcast, but every clan loves to dominate, even if it's not one of their. <laughs> Native disciplines. This book is yeah. a little bit like this. Could this is almost? I think eventually. I mean, maybe it, this might be a uh, uh, not the Forsaken, but the other vampire. The Chronicle. It might be a Chronicles of Darkness thing where they actually just put out a book called the Camarilla. But like this is this is a prototype of just a Camarilla book. And the Venture are in a you know no, they're, was... they're not the Camarilla, but they kind of. I... I forget which edition it was, but it was one of the later. Yeah, there is just a Camarilla book. They they put out they put out um yeah they put out the 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 vampire war book and then the the next two books they immediately put out were um the guide to the Camarilla and the guide to the Spot. Right. Okay. Yep. I recall. Yep. And I think I think I remember at the time you could buy them all. You can buy them all as like one gigantic box set for some obscene amount of money. Fucking and they were all like leather bound yeah. and all black. Oh, I wish I had a big I, 1990s our, vampire collection. 
I think I think some of our friends shelled out the money for those. Oh, I didn't shell out the money for those, but I did. I did remember. I'm gonna I saw that because I saw those guys to the Cumberland guys to the Sabat, um, you know, on my shelf at home the other day. Oh, um, by parents' house. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I forget which edition that those were for, revised edition or whatever came after revised edition, twentieth anniversary edition, maybe. Yeah, I, I believe know. that's what it is. I think that's what we settled on: first, second, revised, aka third, and then twentieth is what happened. Yeah, and then and then and revised the is the one that I think I saw yeah. the most yeah. in the late nineties. Yeah. Yes, exactly, um, and I think. Um. Yeah, and the current edition that's being published is fifth edition. Yeah, and that's the that's the one that's that was that's that's been coming out that's owned by. Paradox. You think that they're calling Chronicles fourth edition? That makes I think that's fine if they do that. No, no, oh, no, no. I don't call Chronicles edition at all. They, no, it's, I mean because it's it's really like a separate game. It's it's got the same, it's got the same DNA, but it's it's really more like a cousin. Yeah, you know? yeah. is a different game. I want to read it again. Requiem, Requiem Second Edition, I think, has probably like the best, like most finely tuned vampire game system. I really cool. like the way. I should, I'll check that one out. I, I've read the first edition. Yeah, I think it's well designed. The, um, so, yeah, I'm a fan of it. But I, I think part of the the glory, especially looking back at it now, of the first editions mm-hmm. of vampire was this kind of over the top meta plot um oh yeah oh yeah at the time i was i I think i was i was really i I was kind of really into it but i was also starting to kind of resent it to be because it was like too over the top and like um like became too kind of like all-encompassing and and okay and mothering to the yeah. to the to the setting. like everything had to be about the meta plot there was always secret masters doing secret even the secret masters have secret masters we all have so many masters even our masters are filled with masters kind of yeah and and to a certain degree that's fine no matter what you you run a vampire game and that's kind of like to be expected but i think what what is cool is when when you have no idea what what's what's going on yeah the, those you know, past like the first layer of secret masters, you have you 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 just you don't know who they are, but like after twenty years of publishing these vampire books, like they told you who the secret masters of the secret masters of the secret masters of the mm-hmm. secret masters. They did the year again. They they did the whole thing. Yeah. Everyone comes home. <laughs> it was all, it was all laid out, yeah. so you knew exactly what was going to happen, yeah. and all the mystery was kind of gone. And I think that's, I think with stuff like this, just. For for a lot of reasons, especially because it's a role playing game, and the idea with a role playing game is to be, be it's a framework that you grab to write your own stories, yeah. more or less. Yeah. No. Um. And and to play a little bit like D anD D, you know. Yeah, you, a little you bit some, of that. You do some cool powers and you roll some dice. That's the gamey part. Um. But I think even even when we were like high schoolers, um. You know, when we were first starting out, I think we understood the the importance of like having a good story, like as a framework to kind of hang. You know, our combats. Yeah, all your all the silly, all the to hang all the scenes on. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't just go from combat to combat with no context. No, people had. I mean, we wrote 
every and ev- when we all t- we all story told in high school, and yeah. we all had a like we all had a separate notebook filled with very complex flowcharts at different scenes yeah, and different like, and what different characters were yeah. up to that the, people that played my games didn't even meet half of the NPCs that I had hanging out. Yeah. 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 We all did that. And it was, you know, it was great. Uh, it was great. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's the glory of, of, of any role playing game, but it was, it was the glory of these games too, especially in the early versions where there was so much blank space that you you could work with and people just projected a lot of stuff onto it um and made it their own it's why people like it's like why people love star wars so much for so long especially wow i tell me because i don't know when it was just when it was just the original you know uh the original trilogy that had come out of just those three movies um the way that that movie those movies were written and the way they were done implied so much yeah about this huge galaxy and this huge universe and settings all this stuff happening calling it chapter uh, 4 was genius yeah exactly and then and and not bothering to to tell to to lay it all out like really um bluntly yeah. and really obviously you know you know what? Until uh, 1999 or whatever, I spent a lot of time thinking about what might be going on on the borders of those three movies, outside the borders of those three movies. Exactly. Really, I really did. You're right. You're right. And a lot of people did, and especially, and even before... We never should have actually looked. Yeah, well, even before the prequel movies came out, people started writing oh, books. Oh, yeah. I never read any of them, but I, I know that there are lots they, they started opening the Lucas Lucas Arts started opening up um, the novel space for people to write novels and write comic books and stuff. And, and so, there was a role playing game. Yeah, and a role playing game, and there was a huge fucking explosion of people filling in that space in all kinds of ways. Some of them really good, and some of them really bad. Um, there, it was, it was everywhere, um, and there was no like real like creative control. Like yep. you know now, now Star Wars is big business. Now there's, you know, people, you know, there's there's like producers and and you know, uh, TV show, TV yeah, stuff. movie studios, uh, like money, yeah, exactly. big money. It's, it's big, big money, and money wasn't as big in the eighties. And there's people looking at it saying like. Oh, you can't write a story that does this because then that contradicts mm-hmm, this other mm-hmm. story. There, the guys there, walking there around people. with Star Wars Bibles. Yeah, exactly. There are people who can, you know. So it's not to say that new Star Wars is bad or anything like that, because I'm not one of those people who is like, oh, the sequel, the sequel trilogies are bad. I'm not mad um, about it, you know. Disney, Disney has killed Star Wars, but I do. I, but I am, I'm oblivious to it because now it's just there's too. Now it's too much. Yeah, there's there's too much. Yeah. I watch I watch whatever Star Wars you know kind of appeals to me, and and I I enjoy I enjoy it for what it is. It's, I, it's, I should you know, I want to watch the Mandalorian. I'm sorry, please continue. It's, it's it's pulpy sci-fi with with you know with like with like fancy fight scenes. I, I don't expect you know like necessarily like deep emotional resonance from it necessarily. If I get some deep emotional resonance, cool. I'm I'm happy about that. But it's not like I'm sitting down to watch The Wire or something like that. You know, yeah, where I, yeah, sure, where, you know, sure. where, I'm watch, where I'm gonna watch something serious, and you about might actually life. be in like a I focused just, state you know, of mind to absorb like a, a real narrative, yeah, 
It's a different. Yeah. I feel like you go into so, a different mental space to absorb those two kinds of things. Exactly. But when I watch Star Wars, I just want to see some cool fight scenes and some and some dramatic backdrops and 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 you know maybe people saying some cool one-liners. It's that's that's all I want, you know. So I I, I don't I don't expect Shakespeare, you know. But it's okay because I need different levels of entertainment. You know, sometimes I need. I need something that really engages my brain and really makes me think and make me go, hmm, you know, and, you know, and talk about the soul or, you know, existential <laughs> yes. life shit or whatever. And sometimes I just, you know, want to see pretty explosions. Do they make that show in Unreal 5? What show? Uh, oh, Mandalorian? The Mandalorian or any Disney show, I, I think. I don't know. Probably not. They probably oh. have their own proprietary billion dollar bullshit i heard that maybe it, they do. it might be know. it I, might be like disney unreal it might be that they partnered with unreal to do those effects or something but i heard something maybe. about because it's a different I, I try not to look behind the curtain too much okay. when it comes to movies sure that's I, fine you know yeah oh um, yeah sure sure I, I don't mind being told about it but i that generally speaking people you know i, I feel like I feel like you know it's cool to see some interviews and stuff, and, and but I I don't like seeing behind the scenes special effects stuff too much because okay. you get a little bit of it. You see a little bit of I think, and I think I think I saw something too where it's like special effects guys. You know, when you think about it, how much special effects is it goes into certain you know certain movies or certain TV shows or whatever, and then how much like behind the scenes clips you actually see. You might only actually see something like a total of five minutes of behind the scenes clips right. total. Yeah. You know, and you know there's so much more. But oh, unbelievable, just, yeah. They're not going to show it to you because either, well, probably it gets repetitive, but also because it's like, well, if we showed you literally everything, then what the fuck is the point of movie magic after all? It wouldn't be yeah. movie magic anyway. Yeah. Sure, I'm with you. Anyway. Yeah. I think we're getting... Oh, we're way... We're, we've got... I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> the first... Who was I, the first antediluvian? I've had a couple. I've had a couple... Um, edibles and oh i had i i don't know what happened to me tuesday or whatever but i one of those days we were talking i was eating edibles and i just like i woke up like <laughs> what's what's two-thirds of 24 i woke up 18 hours later all right so yes um so the first chapter is just Oh my God! What is, I don't, what is even going on in the first chapter? Uh, they're having a birthday party. These guys have a lot of these clans. You know, the gang girl have like scavenger hunts, and I think the someone else does yeah. something else real human, silly tradition, probably the Torador. But these guys throw birthday parties. <laughs> you know, the Balkavians do childish pranks. Adventure of a birthday party when you get embraced, and it's yeah. I can definitely picture Julian Luna getting dressed up for his vampire birthday party. Uh, uh-huh. For sure, for sure. <laughs> I love him. I love him. Oh my god. I wanna I wanna shoot Kindred the Embraced season two on like my uh-huh. old digital camcorder from like, you know, two thousand and three. I'm still not sure. Did you ever explain how we got so much protean? Or not really? No, but also I, I but also it definitely infers at some points that all of them have like the same powers except for like special things like alchemy like uh because they all have uh sense they all have the touch spirits what's that called yeah yeah, reading objects psychometry yeah um 
And also uh, the first Torador that dies in the first episode also turns into a wolf. So it might just, Asmite. but they're all friends with Gangrel. Yeah, that's true. But the Asmite has Mask of a Thousand Faces. Nobody else yeah, has and that. Yeah, and the Nosferatu don't even have that. He has to drink a potion to, to turn himself. Quite honestly, I think that that man's human form is a little more off-putting and scary looking than just the bald guy. Because that actor's oh, a weird looking guy. Yeah. Yeah, that wig, man. That wig oh that he's wearing. Oh, my God. And then, and then the wig is gone. It's and like, it's, he's bald. He was just a bald guy. And they all have, like, really long earlobes. But some of yeah. the Nosferatu look a little bit... Some of them have sores and things. But, like, uh, Daedalus is just a bald guy. I swear to God. I mean, there's obviously some makeup put on him. But it's not <laughs> anything. It's just thick and white and smooth. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like some pointy ears and he's got like some sharp nails yeah. and that's it. Yeah. I think that, and a lot of them have like protean claws. A lot of them do that throughout the show. Yeah, yeah. But it is about, I mean, the Gangrel are really internet with the Ventru and the Torador. So, it, you know, who knows? But they don't really go into it. Yeah, they don't. Anyway. Boy, um, we really don't want to talk about this book. No, this book is boring. Uh I got excited. So, Do you have something? Well, uh, let me just say, so the first chapter is this letter from this guy to his child about uh, it's this rambling-ass this rambling letter before, his, before her birthday about what it means to be a Ventru. And um, the, whole, the whole rant about freedom on the black page, basically, he kind of he explains yeah. it a little bit. And it basically comes down to like, listen, there are so many people out there in the world trying to manipulate, trying to control. The Ventry call them the secret masters. Yep. They make it sound really conspiratorial. Um, you know, I, I kinda had this idea of like how like fascists and like authoritarians always say there's some kind of like right. deep state trying to control stuff sure. in order to whip up support yep. and make it look like the stuff they're doing is maybe not so bad and like well no we're, we have to take control because the other people because you know the alternative is these other people take control yeah these and others so, and there's so much worse than yep. us these secret masters um, and and they don't you know they, they they talk about the secret masters a little bit through the book and I, I was surprised because I forgot I forgot about this but it's not it's not that they think that there is like a sp specific secret organization that's all united trying to kill all the Ventru. They acknowledge like, oh no, they, this is like a bunch of things. Some of these are antediluvians, some of these are archmages, yeah. are like ancient death lords of the wraiths, or like, you know, spirits and gods and the Umbra or whatever. Whatever you're talking about, all these different ancient superpowered things from all these different splats across the world of darkness, uh, mummies, whatever. Sure. The Ventru know about most of them, and they look around at all of them, and they're like, well, if we're not in charge, somebody else would be. So might as well be us, because at least we know what the fuck we're doing. Yep. Or at least that's how they justify it. Do they know what the fuck they're doing? A lot of times, no. They got a lot of presence, they got a lot of dominate, so they can at least convince everyone that they know what they're doing, even if they actually don't. 
And that's kind of the trick. <laughs> it's half it's half of the trick. It's half of it's, one and half of the other. Yeah. And then the third part of the trick is the fortitude so that when you oh, do right. screw yep. up <laughs> the consequences just bounce off of you. Yeah, you can get hit by a bus. You're like you're the Teflon Don, you're the Teflon vampire. Nothing sticks to you. I got excited at the mention of a Camilla. Yes. But it was a man. No, yeah, who is not It was not Carmilla. Carmilla from the novel from the novel. Which no No Camilla is a fourth generation Ventru who is basically the Prince of Rome. Um You know who I thought we might have heard from at some point? Yeah. I thought we might have heard from Lady Bathory at some point in one of these books. I forget what they say about Lady Bathory. I read a very they, interesting... Well, they say that it's probably not true, all of it, that it was her political enemies uh, saying these yeah. things. Well, I was reading some stuff be- between... Uh, I was reading some stuff. Hard to I was say reading now. A bunch of stuff. No, they, they, there's a lot of documented evidence that she was definitely a serial killer. Oh, okay. She definitely... She she definitely murdered a lot of girls, anywhere between thirty and three hundred, which is wow. kind, of a, kind of a wide number. But there's like a lot of documented testimony where all these people were like, "Yep, I witnessed that. Yep, I helped do that. Yep, this is what we did. We killed these girls. This is what they did." She never bathed in blood. Oh, okay. That, that, was, <laughs> that was something to to like keep her young. Right. That That's the folklore. But like basically, it was like she was the kind of she was she was like a real she was like a powerful noblewoman in in you know in in Hungary and she she was running a lot of estates and she was not crazy because she was perfectly rational. There's lots of letters from her about how how she was running things and what she was doing in her lands and and they're all perfectly sane and perfectly rational. And she knew what she was doing and she had a lot of money and. Uh, but yeah, apparently she was just a psychopath. So stuff would happen, like, you know, she caught someone stealing, so she heat up a bunch of coins, so so they were red hot and pressed them into the girl's skin. Wow. You know, she someone fucked up sewing a tapestry, so she tortured the girl's genitals with needles, something oh, like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, she she was a bad person. There's a couple and of yeah, those she, kinds of horror stories about you know certain you know, political figures or counts or, you know, not the word count obviously comes to mind, but, you know, there's a couple barons that you hear about have running torture chambers and horrors and. Oh yeah. 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 There's all stuff always comes down, but it's, it, it's the the thing about it is, is it's like, I think that it's really easy to, for people in like the 20th and 21st century to look back and look at what's written about, um, crimes that people committed in times like in like the 16th and 15th and 14th centuries, whatever. And they look at them and they say, well, the only thing we have is a bunch of witnesses and there's no physical evidence, just a whole bunch of witnesses reports. Well, if 50 different people said, yeah, I saw this woman murder a whole bunch of people, 300 girls, you know, this way, that way, or the other way. And a a lot of their testimony all corroborates each other. Um, you know, this was this this was how this was how inquiries and courts were conducted back in the day. Physical evidence wasn't a thing. 
Yeah, I, I know, really, I really read, I, I read an no, article saying that there was no, there was no fucking CSI. <laughs> I, I testimony. Right. I, this, this is the opposite of the modern times. Eyewitness testimony was considered more reliable than physical evidence. The, uh, you know, now it's like, oh, people's memories are fallible. People's, you know, people's. Uh, perceptions are fallible. You know, maybe you didn't see what you saw. Maybe, maybe you you misremembered it. We know that people. That happens to people all the time. Right. You know, so we have. You know, there's this very common attitude in the 21st century that physical evidence, like DNA, you know, uh, you know, shell casings from guns, you know, murder weapon. You know, what fingerprints, whatever. This is the stuff that gets people. The crime you scene know, forensic, forensics. Yeah, this is the stuff that gets that gets put that gets people put away, and and is is the real conclusive stuff that yep. you know that tells tells you whether or not somebody committed a crime. But this is like fifty years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, man, like, like so much everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my this, God. This, that's a no oh man. That's another thing I think about just all day. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Um. Again, we we're talking about everything except the Venture book because the Venture book is boring. So. So Carmilla was cool, and that novel predates Bram Stoker's Dracula. But Carmilla, yeah. the man from Rome, tell me about yes. him. <laughs> I mean, I did feel you like, like my segue? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I should have read more about like I know there are there are like Rome vampire supplements, but I've never actually read any of them. Yeah, because they were all over this place. They were all over Rome. They loved Rome. Yeah, and and when you think about it, it's a very evocative setting for a vampire. Oh, for sure. Like like ancient Rome around the time of Julius Caesar. You know. Uh, a little bit later in the in the empire period, or a little bit earlier in the really chaotic uh, republican period, like there's so much cool stuff happening, and there's this vast area. It doesn't have to be just Rome, the city. You can, you know, people were traveling, people were moving all around the Mediterranean, people were going places. There were a lot of other cities, you know, not as big as Rome, but it, you know, stuff was happening, and it's it's, uh, you know, this is. As far as the venture are concerned, like this is where they came into their own. Yeah. Before before this, they were they were kind of all over the place. Um, every every venture ran their own little kingdom or or, or did their own kind of little thing. Um, strangely enough, it's not here, but I I remember seeing a bunch of stuff in other books about how the venture uh, were really big in Sparta. Okay, that sounds yeah, that sounds like that makes sense. That sounds um, like that would be fun. The Tortor um, and the Ventru were allies together against the 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 Persians, and then they fell out. And then they, you know, the Tortor never forgave the the, the Ventru for leading Sparta into destroying Athens at the during the Peloponnesian Wars. Oh yes, yeah, uh, yes, I recall. So, um, but there's none of that in here, maybe right, because. Uh-huh. Because the venture don't like talking about it. Um, 
The Ventru in the ancient history are like, of course, the Ventru was the coolest, and Kane, not just the second generation guys, but Kane loved Ventru the best. He loved Ventru even more than he loved his own childer. Yeah, Ventru because was Ventru so smart and good at doing everything, and also good looking. Everything. Yeah, he totally. The whole first city. Was Ventru was the best vampire. Ventru. The not even the best vampire, the best person who yeah. became the best vampire. Quite a perfect was, fellow. He was so good. Um, and the problem was he was too good, and everyone got jealous. And this did, did he steal a bunch of their stuff? He didn't. He steal took a bunch, bunch of, of ancient stuff. weapons and put them but in his he house. He found a bunch of like yeah, he found a bunch of like ancient weapons. He was hiding weapons of mass destruction. He was hiding weapons of mass destruction. And they're like, what, "What are you doing with the weapons of mass destruction, dude?" And he's like, "I am just hiding them in this vault so that nobody can ever use them." I, like, okay. And and we're gonna keep them for when. Uh, disaster strikes us. Yeah, we'll we'll whip out these super weapons and smash anyone who comes. When the werewolves then, come, when the werewolves, the werewolves come, are whatever. practically at our door. Except all the other Antilogians were like, "No, Venture is just keeping those weapons for himself." I heard a he werewolf mauled Nosferatu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is Nosferatu doing, man? Oh, always up to some shit. And the, I mean, even uh, the myth is kind of like the myth is like, okay, fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, right? I mean, is that it? And then, so what happened after yeah. he took all the weapons? Uh, eventually, eventually the uh, the flood came, you know, okay. and the first city was destroyed, and and uh, the second generation disappeared, and the second city was built, of course, because you know, Ventru. Yep. Um, and uh, he buried most of the Ventru buried most of those treasures beneath the earth. It says, and this is why the Nosferatu delve beneath uh, the earth. They seek the relics of antiquity. Yes, yes, yes. In this section of the book, it talks about the Ventru's famous weakness: their rarefied tastes. Mm-hmm. I like this uh, this paragraph about the psychological analysis of it. Yes. Uh, the amateur psychologists note the Ventru passions for both martyrdom and control. They see Ventru feeding habits as outward manifestations of these conflicting drives and symbols of the clan's rep- repressed lusts. By focusing their feeding on specific groups, the Ventru not only get the satisfaction of feeling as though they are selflessly depriving themselves, but they get to focus their obsessions on one select group. That's a great encapsulation. Yeah. A little deranged, how, yeah. Of how Ventru feeding um, restriction should should be should be devised for for a particular Ventru. I have seen at least one place. This was in the um, the Night Road uh, Choose Your Own Adventure book. Oh, okay, um, yeah. Uh, on mobile, yeah. Th- actually, I think it's on Steam too. But um, in it, the uh, there are a coterie of Ventru who are the childer of the previous prince of Tucson, Arizona. Okay. Uh, the, the previous prince was destroyed, um, and they're, the, they're his, you know, remaining childer, you know. And um, it says at one point it references how they all have the same feeding restriction. They all have to feed from uh, people who are asleep. Okay. And I thought that was interesting. That's interesting, yeah. Like, that's cool, too. And I... That that's a cool twist, um, I think, on the Ventru feeding restriction for two reasons. One is because it's bloodline related, 
You know, sure. Like yeah, the, they all have all that the, weakness. All the childhood, yeah. the old prince, it's the prince's blood, um, because bloodline is extremely important to Ventrum. Yep. Pedigree is extremely important to, Vent to Ventrum, so that kind of ties into that. And then it was just also the restriction itself was they have to be asleep. It's not like a type of person. Yeah, exactly. Or, uh, not young, old, uh, not any kind of uh, distinction. Activity. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an activity. And I was like, it's almost I feel like it's a little folkloric also that there there may be a type of vampire that visits you in the night while you only while you're sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and I think that that that's an interesting idea because that's a cool idea too. It's like not necessarily you can have a feeding restriction that might necessarily be like not necessarily a type of person, like we said, or, or a category of person, like you normally think of it, but like a person who's engaging in a specific activity. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Interesting. Drunk people. Maybe. Drunk people. That would be funny. You know, <laughs> people, you know, you, you, you people who need to have like, have had some 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 wine or something like that is important to you i don't know that you know just yeah throwing that out there you know it it might vary between you know storytellers or whatever but but one important thing to note too is that from a really gaming perspective is this prevents venture of any age from drinking from um repackaged like bottled oh, blood really. right yeah 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 and from animals and that is also, I mean, especially depending on how gamey your games are being run, uh, packets of blood from the blood bank. And I mean, even thinking about bloodlines, which we're, we're now digging into, you know, that's a big, that's a mechanic, having bags of blood yep. on you. So yeah. these guys, okay. not for these guys. No, not for these Can guys. they drink the blue blood in bloodlines? There's a blue blood, blood bag. Yeah, you can, you can use the, you can use the more expensive ones, but not the cheaper ones. <laughs> I love that. That's great. 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 <laughs> yeah, I forget how how the how it's uh, what else the feeding restriction works as in the game. We'll talk about blood. Oh, we will. Detail. We might. I mean, that might be that might be the next episode. You know, that might be the next. We'll episode. talk about. We'll, I'll, I'll. I mean, we can talk about what you we'll want to do next, or we can keep. Or we can <laughs> try to stay on topic. <laughs> we'll. Let's try to. Stay we on will topic talk here. about what we will do next. Yeah. All right. So yeah. So Roman Carthage. There, yeah. There's a, there's a bunch. And there's, there's a, a bunch big. Of and this is for for good reason. Yeah, this is you important. Know, these two Rome, cities. Rome was the greatest empire in the Western world. Yep. You know, let's let's face it. It's is the greatest empire in the history of Europe. Full of vampires. Or then, and full of vampires, full, and yeah. most and legitly mostly run by the Ventru. Yep. Um, Camilla, you know, this fourth generation. And basically, the, all the seeds of the Camarilla right there in Rome. Camera, you yeah, came right yeah. out of this, yeah. Yeah, because it was, they were a little different because Rome was a really big city and they were like, other other clans can come in and hang with us. Mm -hmm. it's cool. um, whereas previously, I think, as, as I've mentioned, it's like I, you get the impression from a lot of the history that a lot of these clans were a lot more like geographically centered. Um, so, you know, the Brugia and Carthage. The Torador yep. are in Greece. Yep. The Ventrue are in Rome. The Gangrel are in, you know, barbarian lands. Wherever they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scandinavia, yeah. you know. Um, the Zemish are often 
Transylvania. Uh, yeah. Oh, what's the La other Sombra. word I was looking for? La Sombra in Spain, you know. Wallachia. Where, what's Wallachia? Wallachia. Yeah, Wallachia is a part of... Um, like hung, the, uh, Hungary uh, or... Trans- uh, yeah, part of part of what's now Hungary. Anyway, yes, we're wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's so legit. They, you know, gigantic fucking empire, and it was, it was, you know. I'm really not like trying to distract you. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. I am, I am, I I am stoned on these edibles, so I'm I'm going off on tangents too. Great. In Carthage, the vampires walked as gods among men. And tormented their civilians and uh, drank the blood of babes. Yeah, and I guess this is the thing about the Ventru too: is they're like the va- the masquerade had yet to be created, had yet to be created, but most vampires willingly yeah, followed the first right first tradition, the tradition of like hiding yourself. Yep. Um, they didn't call it masquerade yet, but they called it you know like like hey. Be sensible. Yeah. We're fucking vampires. Don't How about, spread it around. Yeah. Why don't you not shit where you eat? Yeah, because if people know, all they have to do is drag your ass out into the sunlight at noon, and there's nothing you're gonna be able to do about it. And everyone you're friends with, just to check. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna start thinking it's real curious if certain people only come out at night. Yeah. Um. And if you're baring your fangs and biting people in the middle of the street, yeah. like... Like some bruja. Yeah, nobody's going to be down with that. So the Ventru have always been about subtle behind-the-scenes control. Yeah. And I guess that's between them and the Zemisi, because the Zemisi, as they're described later, as we can get into them, are are, are more overt, and we're, we're known for being more overt and just being like the Dark Lord yeah. in his castle. Mountaintop, the children you know, of the night, uh, how they sing, <laughs> or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, everyone knows Lord. I never drink know, wine. You know, like everyone knows, Lord Richtofen. Yeah, 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 know, yeah, yeah. Is is a dark, you know, is a practitioner of the dark arts. Yeah, no this, one, uh, no one around here even goes out at night, yeah, and uh, that's, that's that's fine. We're just gonna we're just gonna stay in, you know, fine. <laughs> He's ruled from from his dark castle for five hundred years. Yep, <laughs> uh, some shit. And the Zemisi were fine with that, and the but the Ventru were always like, "Can let's let's kind of keep it on the DL, keep it on the down low, like like be real." Were there like were there Bali in Carthage? Yeah, there were definitely Bali in Carthage. Okay. I, I I forget about the details too, but lots of I bad mean, guys were in Carthage with the Bruja. Yeah, lots, lots of they they were um, like again. I, I mentioned this back when we were talking about the 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 Bruja cloud book. Um, Hannibal. In Carthage, yeah, in in Carthage, the 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 primary god was um, Haman Baal. So the the name Bali comes from from the same god yeah. that was worshipped. You know, that guy's in then, um, uh, the world, the eye I of mean, the world, also. Yeah, I mean, legit in 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 nineties in the nineties when people were writing. So Ball demons, was around. Yeah, Ball was a great name. Yeah. He, he just like I mean, definitely. I'm pretty sure there was some. There was at least a Ball or two in like some Marvel comics or. In oh, it gotta be. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the, like that, I, who's that dream yeah. guy from the nineties? Yeah, the, him too. <laughs> <laughs> Sandman. Sandman. Dream. Yeah. 
Carthage bad. Carthage was good. not so. Yeah, it was not. It wasn't a good look to have them as your neighbors, as your closest, biggest, yeah. you know, civilized beacon of civilization. You don't want to be yeah. next to Carthage. You, I would rather yeah. be next to Wallachia with that shit going on with the Children of the Night. Yeah, the Romans were. Very famously brutal, though. Yeah, they also were pretty bad. Yeah, I saw this movie Caligula in the nineties. It was terrible. Not, not even talking about Caligula, <laughs> just, just just in general, yeah. the way that they—it's known. Yeah, they were very militaristic. They were very expansionistic. They were very violent, um, and they got so rich and so big by basically conquering everyone around them very slowly but very methodically and, until they and had too much to control. Just like. Just like enslaving everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Work, the work the land yep. until they got rich. And that's, yeah, that's the source of all this Roman wealth is just extracting it from their empire. It was an empire. Oh, yeah. You know? They were just, just creeping northwards and just taking everything. Yeah. Taking it, to, um, taking it back to Rome. And they had a lot of wackos running the show, too. Oh, yeah. And there's all everything you hear about Rome about coliseums and people, you know, killing one another and Yeah, I also saw that movie uh Gladiator. Is Yep. The emperor's yep. fucking his sister. There's maggots in the guy's wound. That's what yeah. I remember from Gladiator. <laughs> Gladiator Gladiator is historical fiction. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah, but, oh yeah. But it captures I think Gladiator is great because it captures visually I think probably what a lot of it probably would have looked like. Sure. From what I understand, like they did a lot of work in, in, you know, the costuming and the and the and the sets to make it look really historic and really authentic. Um, I haven't watched that one in a while. Yeah. Um, Rome, the the HBO show. Oh, I don't think I've seen that at all. See that? No. That's really good. Oh, okay, was, I'll take a look. Yeah, that, that came out back in like the early. The two thousands or something. Okay. That was one of the that along with like Sopranos, I think, was like one of the first really big like HBO like prestige TV shows. Okay. When HBO is really starting to launch this whole like we're making our own original TV shows and they're dramatic and they're grown up and they're adults. Yep. They're not like a network bullshit with all these filler episodes and forty three minutes with commercial breaks and laugh tracks and shit. This is serious. We're spending a million dollars an episode to make this shit. You better watch it. There's gonna be a bunch of titties. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just sure are. Oh man. Yeah. It really TV was I can't it's it's in, I I th- I don't know if people are aware of how much TV changed with the Sopranos and, and around that time. It could and really, no, things are so different now. Yeah, no, no, no. Rome was, Rome was 100% part of that. Rome yeah. was very good. There was, it was only two seasons. Um, I'll take a look at it. Co- yeah. And it covered like the, the, like the last couple of years of Julius Caesar's life. And then after he was assassinated at the end of the first season, the second season was about Octavian Caesar and, and Mark Anthony and, and their sort of like rise to power and rivalry. And, it was very violent and very, uh, like, over the top, but also, like, really good and, and, and again, like, like well-researched because, all, you sure. know, all these historians, yeah. as I remember, were saying more or less, like, well, it looks good, 
you know it like yeah like you may you may see some of these plots may may actually be kind of nonsense as far as history goes but it's historical fiction right but as far as like the way it looks like it looks authentic you know these the kind of weapons they had these are the kind of clothes that they wore these are the kind of food that they this is the kind of stuff that they were saying and talking about so yeah um of course you know glamorized up for hollywood and you know with a lot of titties of course yes really that i mean that's just the that's part of the formula that's the you gotta sprinkle that on there get the (laughs) get that you know whatever the males 18 through 34 get those guys yeah the tv's starting to move back away again from from the gratuitous titties i think it kind of reached its apex yeah, it and really like, hit a, there was a, a a wave that broke yeah it kind of it kind of hit its, hit, its, hit its apex with game of thrones and, oh man and the, yeah the, the sex position it was almost like is there any reason for it to be this ridiculous like yeah like, was, <laughs> like is every can we everyone like is this enough can we have we we got like just titties flying around while we're explaining what's going on everywhere are they sick yeah. of it yet? Like, at what point is this silly? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, yeah, it is a good series, and I recommend it. Um... So in the world of darkness in Rome, they took care of Carthage. They had to do that. Yeah, and then they talked about how sort of post-Rome, this guy, they're actually kind of... Um... They're kind of they're kind of open about it. Like they're like, yeah, the clown was just not really unified after that. Yeah, kind of all over the place. It was a big mess. Like, everybody was just doing their own thing. Every Ventru was like king of his own little castle. And I guess that that does describe them in as I remember them in the Dark Ages books too. It's like every Ventru, sure, yeah, was like a like, a, the, like a baron. Yeah, every everyone had his every every one of them like ideally had their own like little castle and their own little domain with their peasants and they they'd go out and they'd drink from their peasants and they'd have their yep. their vassals, right. you know, who were their childer or you know adopted childer or whatever who ruled some other kingdoms and you know ruled some other little baronies and if you know it was time to go to war they'd call them all up you know feudal style and get a little army of like half a dozen ventru. And all of their ghouls and knights and men at arms and go fuck some people up. Alright, this is what I uh, this is what I wanna do. I wanna next week I wanna talk about bloodlines and the week after that I wanna talk about Dark Ages uh, volume uh first edition. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, do you wanna take I mean we can get back to the clan books. I absolutely wanna cover the thirteen clans. But I think this would be a great time if we have other stuff. Because I have said, we've said stuff about Dark Ages, I think, every episode. Sure. And uh, I, I really, and I love Dark Ages. I'm, and I think even just going over, just talking about what the clans were like and maybe the differences and just what, maybe even just looking at the clan section. But we can look at, you know, so we can kind of go over as much yeah. of it or as little as we want. There's, I mean, obviously, there's a, that's a lot bigger than what we've been looking at. But we don't have to, like, really dig into everything about it but i definitely think now that we've talked about the clans it would be great to talk about what they were like and this will even give us the the setup for the ravnos and the not giovanni and the uh other guys the asinites yeah, yeah. cool all right man all right i i really okay um all right yeah so so rome yeah so what else 
that true. So yeah, um, Middle Ages, they're doing their own thing. And then when the Carmarilla forms, they were like, okay, well, shit, things are crazy again. We gotta let's let's form a Carmarilla. Let's form a let's form a new sect. Pretty good, pretty good idea, um, actually. And make it, yeah, make it like Rome used to be with like a bunch of different clans, and and we'll 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 run the joint, and we'll we'll try to we'll try to work together as best we can, like the way we used to. And I think they don't they they make no bones about it either. They recognize they're like we're a bunch of they say it somewhere like we're a bunch of backstabbing treacherous motherfuckers, yep. but you know we're each other's backstabbing right. treacherous right. Yes, motherfuckers. And they they sure are. They will backstab each other. So is the whole Camarilla. Yeah, they will backstab each other over and over and over, right up until someone threatens yeah. threatens each other, and then they'll they'll put it aside long enough to to fuck up whoever's whoever's fucking with them, yep. and then they'll go right back to it afterwards. I did kind of think the Camarilla uh, were the nerds when we were in high school. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, they were. okay, good. I'm glad. Thank you for confirming that. Yeah, they were definitely the nerds. Okay. <laughs> um, um, I mean. The Carmarilla is all about keeping vampires in check. Right. Keeping oh, them yeah. On, keep, keeping them on the down low. Yep. Because legitimately, though, for the last 200 years or so before the Carmarilla was formed, mortals were going around burning down castles with vampires in them. Yeah, and but like, for fun. Yeah, and like digging digging vampires out of... Oh, out man. Of, out of out of holes in the ground, and then and then torturing them to find out where other vampires were, um, and keeping them alive to to drink their blood and extend their own life because Inquisitors did that shit too, um, you know, making themselves ghouls off of captured vampires, right. um, and um, doing all kind all kinds of nasty shit, all kinds of crazy stuff was happening, like we said in previous episodes, and we'll talk about that in the Dark Ages too, I guess. It was. The Dark Ages. The, age, the, dark, the Ages the dark, were dark. The Dark Ages game takes place before the Inquisition, actually. Okay. On page 18 of this, it mentions the Cappadocians. Yeah. Um, but yeah, things did go to shit. At the end of, yeah, the things yeah. things did go to shit. The Dark so Ages the, sure did go to shit. <laughs> the, yeah, so I, I will just say, I, I, I think I want to move on just out of the, out of the history sure, section now. It, because we've been yeah we've talked about the Camarilla. I will, I will say that it's interesting the way that the Ventru clan in 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 these letters and in this description is has tied the structure and the organization of their own clan to this sort of narrative of history of like the great empire of Rome. They were all united, and then they broke up when Europe fell apart into all these different national or pre-national entities um, and then they were all running their own little empires like you know France and Spain and Castile and Aragon and all the Holy Roman Empire, Empire people and you know all these little kingdoms everywhere over Europe in the Dark Ages or in the Middle Ages whatever you know it's the mirror of the venture what they were doing and then in you know, the Carmarilla, as the Carmarilla was forming, the Carmarilla formed at the same time what people in history research point to as the beginning of the pre-modern age or the modern age in, like, the 1400s, like the Renaissance, the opening, the, the beginning of the of the Columbian Exchange and, and the, the, okay. the the connections between the old world and the new right. world. Right, yes, yes, yes. 
and you know huge changes uh in just the way the world works start happening around this time and then this this changes in government is you know in 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 europe are also at this time viewed as like a lot of centralization and you know uh consolidation of power um happens in europe at this time people start calling this like the age of absolution yes you know with all these different kings and 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 rulers sort of gathering more central power and eliminating the power of all these you know local elites uh, and local aristocracy um and this is sort of the mirror of the Ventru consolidating their control over the mortal world. Yep. Um, and how they describe taking over the mortal world, because this is this this is this is how this is what the Ventru are about. And and for them, it's like the history of the mortal world, and the history of the quote unquote development of the civilization. Yeah. And they're really talking about European civilization. Um, is their thing? Like that, they're like we did this. Like people talk, you know, you know, all these other books were talked about. Oh, like oh yeah, the Torah did Athens, and they yep. did these arts. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the venture, like we did Western civilization. Yeah, we did all so, of this. Yeah, we did that. This shit is ours. Um, Don't listen to the Tremere if they say they did the Camarilla. We did the Camarilla. Yeah, we did Rome. We did Europe. We did America. We did all this. Yeah. Um, and they put it very matter of factly, but like looking at it now, I'm like, wow, that's quite a thing to claim. Yeah, <laughs> we did Western civilization. Quite a claim to make. Yeah, wacky. Yeah, but that's but I mean um, that is that is quite literally that is yeah. how that is why they consider themselves vampire royalty and just like the natural lords and leaders yeah. of the whole world. Yeah, the lords of the night, yep. the masters of darkness, yep. the sultans of shadow, <laughs> the, the umbral emperors, the the separal, separal sepulchral speaks. I don't know. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to like. All right, I'll stop. Sepulchral, yes, sepulchral. Yeah, that's the word I'm thinking of. Yeah, like, sepulchular. As of, as of related to a sepulchre. Yes, okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, that's the venture. Don't the fuck also, with them, they, just like you wouldn't fuck with a Tremere. Also, they duel. They duel. They, they duel and have birthday I parties. I do, I, I do like this short little thing, and I... I do like that as a modern day thing about the Ventru, and I, I see it in in I've seen it in various Ventru NPCs and everything through history sure. of like all of these like really serious like yeah. business suited wearing, you know, financial. Julian Luna has a duel. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, and then like something goes down and suddenly they pull out like a broadsword yeah. or a rapier or something and you're like what the oh, fuck yeah. and then they and they know how to use it yep. <laughs> yeah because it was yeah because that's the thing because before because venture are aristocrats yep. and they're very old-fashioned aristocrats so in europe very old-fashioned aristocrat also means a warrior class yep you know there's this thing uh, they talk about in um, 
in France in like the 1600s and the early 1700s before, you know, in the time before the century or two before the revolution, right? There were all these different kinds of nobles and they, the, the nobles and nobility in France, and this wasn't just in France, but I'm talking about France specifically, they, they split themselves into two kinds of nobles, the nobles of the sword and the nobles of the robe. Okay, yep. And the nobles of the sword were guys that were descended from people who were warriors, knights and cavaliers and stuff who were companions to various French kings through the Middle Ages and who were awarded with titles and grants of lands for the things they did and for bringing armies to help their king. Oh, yeah. Fight battles. And the nobles of the robe were dudes who bought their way into nobility um, at some point um, because they performed some kind of really important um, non-military function for the French kings, like running their finances or, um, you know... Or just uh, providing funding, running, or running their, running their trade empires, sure, yeah, sure. providing funding, stuff like that. Um, being a being part of like the bureaucracy that yeah. you need to run a big a big kingdom. Um, so there was a split. There was like a social split within the aristocracy between like the sword and the robe nobles, and the robe the sword nobles considered themselves, of course, the real nobility because they came by it centuries earlier by like valor and blood oh yes and the venture the ventru have a real touch of that oh yeah oh sure even even though they've completely embraced this whole like modern corporation make money money is power kind of thing because they're all about temporal power yep um they still have a touch of that 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 they haven't given up they haven't given up so even like some of their neonates are gonna you know you are gonna surprise you sometimes by learning how to like wave a sword around oh yeah i mean yeah yeah Yeah. um yeah for some reason i even associate melee i mean maybe this is the reason but the whole idea of a venture enforcer with a melee weapon not even these guys i don't yeah i don't i don't i feel like these are the kind of guys that would kind of have a a distaste for firearms Uh, some of them for sure you know yeah, some of them for sure. I I think they like the elegance and the <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, exactly. But they do. They come it, from old sword wielding blood. A lot of them, you know, the older ones. Yeah, exactly. I think I think of the venture as relatively pragmatic, yep. but they have a touch of that, you know, sort of like style, yeah. that sort of panache. Like you, you can't just be like one hundred percent pragmatic. Like the, the like the Tremere are pragmatic. Mm-hmm. Like they might dress in robes and shit and look all weird and do the, do their, do their vampire magic because it, it gives them power, but they're pretty pragmatic. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't do stuff for style points. No, their path to power uh, is a straight line to, towards power. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually can play around a little at least. Yeah. And they, and they, style is important to them, you know, like the style is important to them too. Yeah, exactly. Um, these guys are somewhere between the Toreador and the Tremere, if we were to somehow put these on yeah. <laughs> some kind of spectrum. Of course, and well, and of course, the Ventru, the Torador, and the Tremere too are the traditional power triumvirate yeah. of the of the Camarilla. Yep. You know. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, traditions of the Ventru. Yeah, this is the clan structures that I talked about. The Senate, the clans within clans, the hidden orders. As always, the, right? Every, this, <laughs> does every clan have clans within clans? 
Yeah, but but what actually what they're talking about here, the the this is the history of their organization of how it changed. And like okay. I said, it, it mirrors this is exactly what I was talking about before. It mirrors sure. what this this history narrative of like, okay, first there was a Senate running things and then there were quote unquote clans within clans, which is basically like feudalism, and then there was the hidden order, which was basically like um you know, like conspiratorial orders running things in the early, you know, early modern age. And then it's like, now it's the directorate, which is what they have, um, you know, for, uh, basically like corporate style, sure, uh, sure. governance. And this, and this is, this is what they started doing in like the 17th and 18th centuries. So they're like, it's, it's, it is a little bit of a repeat of, of what, was in the previous chapter about history, but kind of like boiled down to about like, well, what the, how, how this matters for the, how this mattered for the venture and how the venture used to run things. Yep. It's kind of, but they, you know, they spend a whole page, a whole couple pages about how they used to run things. Yeah. Yeah. They do. Which is maybe not all that important about how things are now, but that's okay. Well, I mean, um, it, kind of, it kind of mentions how it's almost the previous structures, and you did sort of mention this earlier that the previous structures are sort of, not maybe not discussed or maybe not known about and they have atavists that think that the the directorate is not uh not as peachy keen as some venture think it is so that does set up it all it all leads to what the current venture climate is yeah exactly like maybe some venture are like well maybe we shouldn't be running things like a corporation maybe it was better if we were running things like we were like knights and barons and kings um yeah uh, for whatever reason, they feel that way. Um, maybe because they used to live that at that time, and it makes more sense to them. Right, maybe just because swing swords around. Yeah, maybe that's just because they, you know, they 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 have a hard on for doing a European historical cosplay and cosplay. I've got all and, these frilly collars, and I like having my fangs sticking out and. <laughs> Come yeah. on. I want a castle on the hill so I can look down on my sheep farms. I want to be able to wear armor and ride a horse into battle, man. I want to flap around at night like a chiropter and marauder. Yeah. That might be the other guys. Because that's the thing too. The Ventru the Ventru have like a sort of traditionally like classy kind of style too about yeah. themselves about the way they 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 compose themselves and, and the way that they, they yeah exactly it's like it's important for them to like to look good these guys would never to, flap around like a chiropter and they would never slap around no. <laughs> but also just, just just as much too they would never also like do something um as do something like cutting edge or or out there like a tortor might right they're they're like they're very conservative yeah extremely and that's it it comes across everything they're they this section of eventual law i kind of liked because they're like with they, the eventual laws like they never really wrote anything down it's like they have traditions and that they, they all, stick by. yeah and they all know them they all, they're all, all them about all tradition them. yeah that's the whole yeah exactly it's like you don't even need to write it down for them it's like you know it's it's one of those things that's interesting like people talk about um like like great britain for instance right great britain does not have a written constitution okay and it might seem weird to some people because like a lot of 
countries do have a ring yeah. question that says, this is how our government works. These are the fundamental rights guaranteed by our government. These are what we believe in. This is what we espouse. This is like, you know, it's just kind of done by tradition in Great Britain. A lot of things. A lot of the. I. I mean, ultimately, of course, there are laws. Right. You know, they have the laws written down, but there is no constitution. And what we as what we would think of. So. Okay. And this is how the venture are too. Yeah. They don't have it written down. Yeah, ancient Rome was the same way. They didn't have a constitution, but it was just like, well, no, this is how we do things. There's a very sense of, yeah, this is how venture do things. This is how we are supposed to be. This is what we expect from you. This is this is how we've always done yeah, it. Exactly. This is how we're gonna, yeah, exactly. This is how we're going to keep doing Fully. it. You know? Um, yeah. Which is why they and don't talk about previous structures. They're like, this is what it means to be a venture. We are like this. We've always been like this. But didn't we used to live in the castle and the sheep herders? And... Yeah, no, but still. This venture. Yeah, but that's but that's the propaganda of how yeah. conservative society works. Is it's you know tradition is all important, um, and I mean when you think about it, there's a reason that the Carmarilla has the six traditions. Yep, it's not the six laws, it's not the six precepts or the six rules or the six what like whatever. It's the six traditions. Yeah, and they have the force of law you know the ventru princes who most often run the cities and who enforce these traditions do so in ways that are like well you have violated this tradition we're going to put a stake through your heart and leave you on a rooftop to burn yep. when the sun comes up or we're going to cut your head off right here it happened to me a lot this week <laughs> <laughs> right here right on the stage for everyone to see jesus dude yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, it's a funny word to say tradition, but the venture take it. So oh boy! Oh yeah! Yeah. You ever watch Thirty Rock? I could like one or two episodes. I think you know Kenneth the Page. It's okay. I wish I knew what the actor's name was, yes. but that's who I picture. Whenever the prince, whenever Prince Seltzer Water is talking to me, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> picture, yeah. picture Paige Kenneth from Thirty Rock. Yeah. All right. I see it. Um. Yeah. Uh, this whole section about controlling the kind, yep. government, the business world, elections. They do like to like, do oh, that. Yeah. yeah, they do like to it's, get into elections and. This is this is it's nice because this is like what is this like two pages two and a half pages, this is awesome because this is a great description I think of someone when I was like when I was younger and I didn't really understand what like how do, how does how does the vampire control sure okay yeah how do they how do they influence the police yeah how do they how do they influence the media how do they and this describes it and it's. Now reading it again, I'm like, oh, this is just how people corrupt institutions. Yeah, it even says they're not really. They try not to use their disciplines. They try just to, you know, get at people's yeah. work, get people at their worst. <laughs> that yeah, I, I think they're. I think they, when they say they're not using their disciplines, I think again, this is like a slightly in character thing. They're down. Oh right, yeah. Well, I don't have to use tr yeah. disciplines to do this kind of thing. I don't know about the rest of you. But listen, but using the disciplines is the kind of thing that is like. You can get in trouble. You can get in trouble, yeah. but it also is the, it's like your edge. It's the oh, kind yeah. of thing that you just a little bit to just push you over the exactly. edge. Like, oh, exactly. Exactly. Like, like, 
like if you're a venture and you want to get to this you want to get to this politician so that you can start influencing them and you want to get close to them um you don't walk up to the dude and dominate him right but you dominate somebody who is, is in his to organization right. to get an invite to that party that he's at and then when you get to the party then you got FaceTime with him and then you can influence him with your you know whatever eight or nine dice to <laughs> to persuade or whatever yeah. and you don't even have to use your dominator presence but you do use your dominate to get in to get your foot in the door or whatever right and that's that's an advantage that other people might not have necessarily but you have as a vampire um so that's the kind of thing that where where i think that's like a, a venture's dominating presence really gets them you know you know gets them results sure. not necessarily on the, the high level people that they need to influence or control where they talk about like oh it requires a delicate touch and empathy and they talk about how controlling people is is just about um helping them with money or relationships or you know maybe sometimes blackmail right and it's just like this is just how rich people work <laughs> this is just how regular rich people in the real world get influence and this is how, like, that Murdoch family in South Carolina or whatever murdered people and can get away with it up until now, up until this last guy who murdered somebody and whatever, you know, right. because they're all there. You know, they, 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 because three generations of them were fucking attorney generals or whatever, yep. or prosecutors in, in this county. I, I forget the whole story, but that's how it works in places, you know? And it does, uh, or, yeah. or, it, or it has in ages leading up to this. Well, I mean, and it will continue to. And it will continue to. And I mean, of maybe course, a little, a little well, now there's even secreter secrets, probably. Yeah. And I mean, again, keep in mind, this is the world of darkness, too. So everything is right. worse. Right, right, right. Yeah. Everything, everything bad everything is Everything is more corrupt. Every, everyone good. is more likely to have taken yeah. a bribe or be working for a vampire. Exactly. Everything is just, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, they control the yeah. kind. Yeah, but it's it's cool the way they they lay it out, and it's it's. I, I think it is useful too if if you know if if you're. If you're still thinking about this game and you're thinking about how vampires, interact with human society and quote unquote control society to you know to their or influence society to their to their benefit. Oh yeah, and to prevent. Um, to prevent themselves from being found, um, and or like I mentioned before, remember how I was saying like, oh, the important thing about the masquerade is not if people believe in vampires, it's that people act on that belief. Correct. Um, because if you control the media and you control the government, you control the police. If one person is running around going, vampires are real, vampires are real, we have to do something, and all the police are like, you're crazy, I don't want to deal with you, and all the, you know, nobody listens to you. Then, not that big of a deal. Not that big of a deal. You know, vampires are indeed real, but if the vampires control all of the levers of power, you know, if someone believes that vampires are real, they can't do anything about it. Yeah, a lot of people believe that you know the Earth might be flat and that UFOs are real and etc. Yeah, yeah. So, they, you know, I mean, a lot, lot of people believe it, all kinds of crazy things. Don't listen to that guy. Yeah, I mean, in the year 2023, a lot of people believe in a lot of conspiratorial sure. things about, like, groups that may or may not be controlling, you know... <laughs> yeah, the, as a matter of fact, yeah. 
the deep state country, yeah. the government, mm-hmm. yeah, the world or whatever from from behind the scenes. Yep. I, I you know that's those kind of beliefs have been around for ages they too. Sure, or they know. sure have. Most kinds of beliefs have been around for ages, really. Yeah, in one, in one form or another. Yeah. It all, you know, it all, it all runs in a great loop. Yeah, the venture, the venture, just the venture are the greatest of the of the vampire parasites. Really, they just they just install themselves, just like, uh, just like shitty. Rich people that never die. <laughs> that will never die. <laughs> never die. They just like hide in the shadows, like collecting all this wealth and yeah. collecting all this power. Figuring out how to make it the law that they get to keep collecting all of this wealth no matter what. And not and not using it for anything in particular. Just being in charge. Or just feeling like they're in charge. Just like just just to just be in charge. And a lot of the justification seems to be like, like this is the subtitle of the book is like my brother's keeper. Ah, yes. And that's that's kind of their philosophy Mm -hmm. has always been. It's like, oh, no, no, no. We're doing this to protect. We're keeping the weapons of mass destruction to protect all of you. We're doing this to protect everyone. Yes, all of us. We are obviously the best in charge. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing it this whole time, you know. Yeah. Come on. You gonna put and the I mean, Malkavians in charge? Eat my ass. Yeah. <laughs> are you gonna put? Are you gonna put the Torner in charge? Could you imagine? Like, oh my god! There'd be human head punch bowls at every party. <laughs> Terrible. Either that or absolutely nothing would get done because everyone would be just staring. Right. At yeah. Bowl. Exactly. <laughs> staring at cigarette butts and rice. Uh-huh. Reading the phone book. Yeah. Do you think, what do you think, what do you think about a Torador getting mesmerized by the phone book? Do you think that's a, uh, if, if the, if you were like, if it was 1994 and you were like, I got to call this guy on the, you get back to your apartment and you're like, all right, I pick up the phone and your storyteller says, you don't have the guy's number. And you say, I'm going to look at the phone book and your storyteller says, he rolls some dice behind the, beside, behind his screen and he chuckles to himself and he says, You've become mesmerized by the phone book. Start rolling your willpower or whatever. <laughs> Fair, I think. I think that's a great thing. I think if you're a storyteller, try this out if you're running a game that takes place in 1994. Uh, what's, what's Something so about patterns. About and... Yeah, I guess. Patterns. It's got, it should be aesthetic at least. They talk about seeing the pattern, the beautiful pattern of the bricks and how they are all the, the invisible lines that can, you know, structure the universe like some Malkavian shit. And you look at the phone book and you see between the numbers, you see him that this is now this is Malkavian territory. You see the dark arithmetic that is, you know, bouncing throughout all layers of reality. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have to say it kind of depends on the kind of torador I'm playing. Sure, I might decide to call bullshit on that and be like, "No." Yeah, fair enough. You know, if you're a guy, if you're hanging out looking at <laughs> sculptures and marble, and you know, and you come home yeah. and get mesmerized by the phone book, I mean, that all that's almost like a, that's a punchline. Maybe I'm a torador mathematician. Oh, hey, 
was, was all about the beauty of algorithms yes. and equations, mathematical. The structure of the like, universe. See, exactly. You can see it in the phone That's, book. Yeah, you can see it in the phone book. <laughs> the that, rhythms and patterns. Be, and I would be like, okay, okay. I'm mesmerized by the phone book. Cool. <laughs> A lot of the art in this section where they start talking about the Venture's opinions and even before that looks like it could have been in Dark Ages. Yes, a lot there's of a lot like... of really medieval middle age kind of fellows with swords and crowns and uh, plate mail on. Yeah, yeah, and the art style looks like the kind of style that they use in the Dark Age books. Is, yeah, it really does. Um, it does, and I I don't know if the fact that this scan looks a little bit faded if that leads to that or not. But uh, yeah, some of these, but real, yeah, real middle age kind of art going on with you know men in robes and explorer type and a fat merchant on page thirty four. Uh, but yeah, here we are talking about their opinion of everybody. And really, I think the font really, again, makes this feel Dark Agesy to me. We're, we're yeah, back to that same real Roman, real chiseled in stone font for this section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who are the Arcanum? Uh, I, you know what? I, it turns out there is an Arcanum book somewhere. Oh, but, okay. Uh, this, this is some... Again, it's like some... They're kind of hunters, but kind of not. I guess, like they're they're not hunters like the Inquisition. Like we must kill all vampires. They're hunters like we must find out about all the vampires. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They do experiments and stuff, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I have not gone back to the actual Arcanum book to get it, to get the details. How they all the different other clans? How they? It's the best way that you want to manipulate and lead this person to do what you want them to do. Yeah, for sure. How to manipulate yeah, I, each of the other clans. The Salubri is the best. Salubri. What a tragic history. It is so sad what happened to these poor vampires. Too bad there aren't any more around, so we can make it up to them. In parentheses. If you see one, tell a Tremere and put him in debt to you. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that, I mean, that and that little, that little tidbit really says a lot about what the Venture are like, really. Because they would. They would like their appearance. They would like the appearance to be... Too bad there aren't any more around, because we would. We would love to make, we would love to set this right somehow if we could. But uh, yeah. uh, but here we are, so you know what to do. Yeah, yeah so this is the thing about the Ventru, actually, and, and especially comparing them to the Tremere, is, is the Ventru are every bit as, as ruthless and ambitious as the Tremere. But they make a big deal of trying not to look like it. Yep. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they want to be the good guys, or they want to they, at least look that way. Yeah. And and even for they saved us as a as a vampire like good guy that could be you know they they can still be that's like pretty loose pretty, yeah it's pretty loose they can still be pretty like dark knight or whatever yeah. but like they they're definitely like they're definitely not like they're like we have to grab the power for the sake of the power the power is the is the eternity is the blood is the that's the, is the truth is our path then, yeah. <laughs> For the for the for the venture, it's like well, the power. First of all, we deserve the power. It's ours. We our, we made it. We did this. That's our birth. Yeah. That's our right. That's like our birthright. That's like our blood right. First of all, it's like. Second of all, um, you know, we don't have to like shove it in your face or anything like that. Like, once we get it, we can act real classy about it. You know, for the most part. I mean, they're pretty, they're still pretty arrogant and shitty most of the time. Yeah. 
but they do like to put on a face. They do like to put on a face. Like, what's the point of having all this power if you can't, if you can't, if you can't look good? Yeah. If you can't make yourself the hero of the story, then what's the point of having all that power? Ventru templates. Yeah. Who do you like? Anarch wannabe. Anarch wannabe is that's an obvious one. There's always yeah. going to be a Ventru. It's going to be like, oh my god, oh. this is not what I want. Yeah, this is a real classic Ventru template. <laughs> this is not like. Like, oh my god, this is really not what I wanted. Um, born leader. Born leader is just boring. It's just like, there you are. Capo. Capo's cool. Um, I like the idea. This the this is like one of the... This is a classic, but this is a classic alternate take on the Ventru um, In, power structure. Okay. Uh, it's the Mafia guy. The Enforcer, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, not even necessarily the Enforcer. Is the the... The ruler, the the ruler of the family, you know the. Oh, okay. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think actually in this case he was. This is an enforcer, but like. But he is. Know, but he. Had, this is a late career enforcer. Now that I'm looking over. Yeah. It. Yeah. This is a career enforcer who's moved the, up from just yeah. enforcer to now he's now he's a capo in his own right because he's a vampire. So like, there's a vampire capo above him apparently, the real boss. Um, but there he, always he's is. running. He's running a vamp. He's he's a vampire who's running. He's running a mob family for another vampire who's probably just like an, another older venture, of course. Kind of like Julian Luna, but this guy's meaner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy's a, like very much more classic mobster. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he's still got a humanity of seven. All these starting characters. They all do. It's very funny. How? Yeah, it's it's really funny when they try to present a villainous <laughs> character because it's like, how? Why would that? He broke people's kneecaps. Stupid high humanity. Yeah. <laughs> um, corporate executives. Yes. There she is. She's there. Okay. I agree. <laughs> Visionary autocrat. Yeah. Counselor. Counselor's interesting. This is again again, slightly interesting take on Ben Drew as like someone who is like a psychiatrist. Yeah. Uh, a counselor. An extreme yeah. manipulator. Yeah, someone who who's um yeah, exactly. Someone who whose whose path to power and path to um, control and influence over people takes a very different yeah. form, a more than, personal form, yeah. in a storytelling game of personal horror. Yeah, he drives a Saab turbo. Yeah. <laughs> I like Nobody, it. The specific prey exclusions of of these these templates are not written. But yeah, I would, I, I would like to think that the counselor. The counselor's pre restriction is that he can only feed from his, his patients. patients. Yep, that's right. Yeah. That's pretty good. He has he. That's a that's a good story seed for a vampire right there. This is a good template. He's got, he's got to spend at least forty minutes and get and and collect a copay before he can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lover of unlife. The Torador. Yeah, Torador type. Adventure. Yep. Yeah. Rich family. His family, yeah, she drives Again, a Lamborghini. I, These guys all have cars. <laughs> yeah. What a what a, the next time I break it down, what the seven or 13 clans are, I'll be like, in the venture, are the guys that have cars. Yeah, that says it, that says it all. That says it all. They can afford cars, yeah. The yeah. corporate executive, executive drives a Porsche, yeah. Not everyone can afford a car, no. Really, these guys all have resources. In fact, these call these guys all put ridiculous amount of freebies into 
backgrounds. Yeah. Maybe not the all couple. ridiculous, but oh my god, yeah. The, co- the couple, of course, has a Cadillac. Oh right, that makes lots of sense. Uh, the born, the born leader has a Lincoln Town car. This really lists what car each of these templates drives. Yeah, the, I love yeah. it. The Anarch one of these got a BMW. Of wow. Okay. Uh, it's nice you know the lover of unlife is interesting the lover of the unlife is is <laughs> there's, there's, there's really not much to this character at all the They're next one like, drives I'm a just... civilian jeep sorry please continue yeah the military man i want to talk about the <laughs> okay, military okay, man. okay. Like the <laughs> i was just thinking this character is like there's nothing to this this character the nah. lover of unlife um, classic venture classic venture but i also realized that it was also just kind of my my Malkavian character. Oh, this is very close to one of the Malkavian characters I had. Who later, once they moved on from, I think like, like this sort of lover of unlife kind of kind of stereotype or archetype, yeah, to becoming more focused about grabbing certain kinds of power and interest in certain okay. kinds of influence. Okay, just because of the, as the game evolves. Sure. But yeah, this, I this is a character I think that you you kind of grab. Sure. They were yeah. that doesn't have much going for them, but you you fill out the template yourself. Yeah, this is a classic bit. type. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Gallant director man. drives a yeah. jeep. Drives a jeep. I, I the military man is good because I like the idea of like this is an alternate, again a really kind of alternate view of like what leadership and power means sure. for a Ventru, but still really keeping with their general vibe one hundred percent. Is like a military leader, like a guy, like a like a like an officer. Sure. Um, you know, one hundred percent pure venture kind of shit. Oh, really? It is. It is the yeah, and, the authority yeah. and they, the authority exactly. And they may they may be, um, they may have a different personality type. They may have a different like culture. I love this than, piece of art of this guy. Like, yeah, <laughs> then like the he looks he looks like guy. Yeah, he sure does. Or either that, or he looks like, um, you know, he's he's he stepped out of the pages. He's he stepped off of the screen of Apocalypse Now. Oh yeah. It's like I love the smell of napalm at the sunset in the evening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's his quote. I don't know if you were just pulling that out. <laughs> oh no, I was just pulling that out. But I, his quote, quote is, "I love the smell of napalm in the evening." <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Terrific. Terrific, of course. Terrific. He drives a civilian yeah. Jeep with military radio. Yeah. Wooden bayonet. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But no, this that's perfect because Ventru, again, it's like we talked about a little bit in that history area. There's like Ventru Ventru and being a Ventru and soldiery. Yep. Um uh, have have a long history together sure. because you know you know in a lot of Europe and a lot of history, aristocracy meant military aristocracy, you know? So mm-hmm. there's that association for the Venturo. I mean, even back to Rome, you know, Oh, like yeah. in order, in order to get political power in, 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 in the ancient Roman Republic, you needed to, you needed to have a military career. Yep. You needed to lead some legions and conquer some shit. Operative CIA agent. Yep. That's, that's good too. This is something that's a good venture type. I like, like that as a venture type. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting venture type because you kind of imagine spy more as like Nosferatu, maybe Malkavian, you know, those clans with obfuscate, mm-hmm. um, you know, Asimite or whatever. Um, but yeah, like the government, the government agent type, especially like 
especially when you think of like actual government agents, um, handlers, you know, or the kind of people who they don't, they don't actually go around digging up, you know, breaking into places and digging up things. They're recruiting people and, and, and hiring people to go do that for them. And they're, you know, they're collecting the data and they're collecting the information and sending it back to, you know, sending it back to their, to their, to their bosses at Langley or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, CIA agents don't do, don't, you know, CIA agents don't break into stuff. CIA agents, you know, find people to break into. And so this is what this is, is a guy who's, you know, social and mental, but also physical, I guess. But yeah, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like you're, you're putting together, you know, intelligence. Anyway, that's yeah, that's a fun template for Aventru. Union boss. This is another one again. Yep. Just, I mean, you know, he they mentioned the mafia a couple of times again because this, I guess, there's that stereotype of unions and, and mob. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is fully, yeah. yeah. And this is a real, and, real and stereotype again, here. Yeah. And again, it's the world of darkness. Yeah. This is basically Jimmy Hoffa as a vampire. Yeah. He has uh, made arrangements with. The FBI and uh, high government officials, and uh, yeah. it's a snitch. Yeah, it was about to snitch, and then he got embraced instead. This is the first guy that does not drive a car. He's a he's a man of the people. Yeah, I guess he is. I guess he's, he's down a, to earth. He takes the bus. Yeah. yeah, the young Turk. Politics, business, academia—they all interested you. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah, I guess so. Custom Harley Davidson uh, soft tail. There's definitely uh, the that's the other thing about the Ventru that's that's great is that sometimes they're just trying too hard. Yeah, and yeah, that is and that is a great thing about them. That yeah. is a great thing about them because because it's like. The the Torridor, for instance, do not have to try hard to be beautiful and stylish. Right. You know, that's just, just kind of like it's just automatic. It's just like it's is their thing. And and you know, the the Tremere don't have to try hard to be, you know, ambitious, ruthless pieces of shit, because if they don't, they're not gonna get embraced for that. Uh or they'll they'll get you know, discarded very quickly. Yep. But the men true bless their hearts are a bunch <laughs> of you know they it's like we said they want they they're they're a bunch of bad guys who desperately want to look like they're the good guys yep. they're fucking they royalty have, they want to have good pr yep. they want they want people to they want people to to love they, and respect they, them they and, demand respect and, and love and fear, and fear them and obey them and be in awe of them <laughs> all, all at once all of, all of those things all at once that's what being royalty means yep. That's what it's about. That's the essence of it, and and they want they want it all. They gotta have it all. Distinguished venture. None of these venture. Yeah, I don't know any of these guys. None of these names really, really. Enushu Rawan. Okay, I don't know any of these guys. <laughs> None of these are Dracula. Although this, one of these last images looks like a portrait of Dracula. Yeah, Bindusara. Indusara is going to join the Inkanu or something, I guess. I yeah. Oh, this, from. yeah, I feel like this painting of this churchman, Fabrizio Ophila, this is the one where I started wondering if I had seen this in like an art history textbook. But it looks a lot like, it looks a lot like a painting of Alexander the Sixth. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
That's the Borgia Pope. The what you kind know, of Pope? Uh, Rodrigo, you know Rodrigo Borgia. I don't. Oh, uh, he's a very famous um, Spanish nobleman who oh. became Pope Alexander, Pope Alexander the Sixth. Oh, okay, okay. Famously, famously corrupt. Yeah, it's not, I mean, um, yeah, it sounds likely. I mean, from, he, from what I know about him at this point, he installed one of his sons. Okay. Keep in mind, this is a pope. He installed one of his sons. Oh, as popes a are never supposed to have sons. They, well, they're they're not supposed to be married. That's for sure. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I really don't. I don't they're, know about how yeah. these structures work. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. No. They're supposed to be celibate priests. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he set up his other son as basically the de facto king of Italy. Oh wow. That's an abuse of power. And sent him around conquering uh, <laughs> any any uh, any Italian nobleman he any Italian nobleman he didn't like. So, yeah, yeah. Good he job. was basically pope. For him, be, being pope basically meant being king of Italy. It didn't yeah. like like debatably debatable about how much he cared about the actual religious aspect of being pope. Good for him. Um, yeah, but I mean, I guess that's the point too with this character too, and I, maybe that's just meant to, meant to evoke too, because this character Fabrizio Ulfia is about like you know he's a he's a he's a venture who's who's spent like centuries infiltrating the church and trying to control the church um, ever since basically like some of the earliest nights of Christianity. It says, so, mm. there you go. Good for him too, Clan Book Venture. Clan Book Venture. It's fine. Probably. The- it's it's fine. It's fine Again, one. it's perfectly boring. Probably <laughs> much like the much like the venture themselves. Right, and they kind of are. <laughs> They're kind of dorks, I, just like the Camarilla is dorks. The venture are the I king mean, dorks. Yeah, they are. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I do. I do like the venture. I think there there have been. I've seen. I've seen cool venture characters. I think the the whole idea of of having this kind of vampire is is very well established. You need some you need vampires to fill this archetype and fit this role. Yep. Um but um it all feels very shallow. A little bit. There's I it's it's not talked about here. I thought I remember seeing some stuff about how in in early White Wolf stuff about how the Ventru believes that their antediluvian was dead. Hmm. And that, and okay. That, and that because their antediluvian is dead, that freed them. Oh, from, interesting. From the, from the worst control of the jihad, like they weren't being controlled by an antediluvian because their antediluvian was gone. That really makes sense about being part of their uh, as being part of their backstory. But yeah. It's um, not here. That may, they may have introduced it later on in their meta plot. Yeah. yeah, that's not mentioned here. Or maybe they went back on it. Because, yeah. again, it's not something I see mentioned very much. Hmm. Uh, I like that idea. I like that they are somehow free from the, the eternal struggle. Yeah. You know, they're like a step outside of it. So, yeah. that they, so that, that's, that's why they're, they're suited to rule or they're able to rule or and whatever. And extra concerned about their secret masters. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna play Bloodlines as a gangrel. I'm running. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna. You know what? I got it. Like I've got it set up now. I've. It is the the plus patch. So I don't know. I I actually okay. did notice the head cutting being different, 
But uh, yeah. I'm going to roll with it. I'm gonna, I'll see what's different. And I'm going to do a Gangrel, and I really want to do a Malkavian. So I might end up doing... But I mean, we'll see how much I even get to play by next Friday. Yeah, I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know if we should talk about Bloodlines next Friday. Mostly oh, do you think we should sit on it for a while and, and play and uh, absorb it? I th- yeah, just I'm not sure how much how how much I'll get through it. You know how much. Oh, time yeah. Play. All right, fine. No, I mean actually, you're right. Correct. Yeah, I didn't even really think about it, but I would like to kind of think. Yeah, let's. Do you want to talk about Dark Ages? Do you want to talk about what all these guys were like? Yeah, I'll have to. So let me see. Let me see what Dark Ages book I have. Um. Okay, so. This book says 1996 WW2800 Vampire of the Dark Ages. So this is the first Vampire of the Dark Ages. There's a 2002 Vampire, Dark Ages Vampire as well. Okay. Weird. That would have been the that would have been the revised yeah. edition. I we want to look. We don't want to. We don't want to look at that one. We want to look at the original one. I want to look at the well. I have a hard copy of the original one right here. The original one with like the purple color. Yeah, that's correct. Cool. Yeah, let's right. talk about these clans. It's like let's specifically yeah, this... talk about these clans, but I'll talk about anything in this book. Yeah, well, so let's let's focus on the clans, but cool. I it, because there's a bunch of stuff. I don't want to have to reread this whole book right now. Yeah, especially in a week. I mean, listen, and and just like what you just said about bloodlines, if you ever want to take extra time with anything, obviously, you know. Obviously, it's fine. Yeah. Obviously, I, you know. uh, I'm, I'm I'm playing as Malkavian right now. Playing cool. as Malkavian makes 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 me want to play as a Bruja because I miss Hunting. having good combat skills. Oh my god, dude! Did you 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 did the part where you go into the art gallery and slash the paintings? Sure, yeah, and the the demon guy comes out or whatever it is. Dude, I had so much trouble fucking with that dude. Yeah, I did. Well, I've only as far as recently, I did it when I was a Tremere before I. When I when I was playing completely outdated version of the game and I just uh blood struck him to death. Oh my god, this motherfucker like just tore, is tearing me, t- tore me to pieces like three times. I had to I had to re- reload the game three times because I died three times. That's just damn. So uh, you had eventually eventually I I just kept abusing abusing blood buff and I beat him to death okay. with the severed arm. From, <laughs> I beat him to death with the severed arm from Gimbal's basement. Oh, I didn't have a severed a severed arm on me. That's awesome. Did you do that quest uh, to look for the bounty hunter? No, I don't think so. Maybe I wonder if I wonder if that would have had affected the fact that I had three vampire hunters trying to kill me. Maybe. Um, probably not. Probably not. But there, go into the. There's a bail bond um, office. Okay. Uh, in Santa Monica, if you, if you go in there, um, there's there's a quest in there that, that is takes you some places that's pretty twisted but it's um, fun yeah obfuscate auspex and dominate not too great and, and that's really what it is when you get into combat like i remember my first biggest complaint about that game in 2005 was yeah, that if you make your oh, social oh do they have that's right it's dementation huh yeah. but you can't use it Dem- on the i noticed that blood demon is immune to a lot of things yeah, i, I tried to dominate the- him I could use it on the blood demon, but oh. I, I didn't. I didn't. It didn't really do enough to actually give you an advantage. Much of an advantage. Like I have Dementation two, and Dementation two gives them like minus two to all their combat skills, which just made it so that he just killed my ass a bit slower. Oh yeah, I'm good. Eventually, I realized that 
like this weapon I had, which was like a severed human arm that I was just swinging around by the bone <laughs> for some reason, Good. was like my most was like my most damaging weapon. So I managed to like defeat it with that, and like my my health track was like almost completely full of aggravated damage. Oh man! And I had no blood left. I was like, ah. Yeah, I mean that thing is pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty hardcore for one of the first yeah. things that happens in the game. Fortunately, I was able to go right back outside and drink the blood from that fat dude. Oh, good. Yeah, that guy's very convenient to have right there. Oh, my God. The Malkavian prior is funny because you can use dimentation on him. Like, when he catches you in the alleyway, Yeah. Um, you can use dimentation. It says, like, like the, the description says, like, your mind racks on the futility of your empty life. And he's like, it's all meaningless. It's all meaningless. <laughs> oh, man. And he just kind of... He just kind of stops moving and drops his keys, and then you can just, just take him. Just kinda, you can just drink his blood. He just kind of like stabs and stares. He's like, "Oh, great!" It's so good. It's hilarious. Uh, yeah, Dementation is really good. Playing as Malkavian is really good, but again, I, I, it is. As far as the combat shit goes, it's hard mode. I just realized I was like, "Oh my god, I can't spend uh, like any experience." on anything non-combat related. It's, I need to it sucks, and, and you need hacking, and you need lockpicking. It's really, I, they, I, you really need to have a certain build just to get through the game, and that's what annoys me about the game. Especially about the combat. Them. Well, you don't have to have yeah. those things, but they come up a you lot, have, and you just, if you're if social, you, you if get you, your ass kicked. If you, yeah, if you want to see the story, you need you want you want hacking and lockpicking yeah. to get onto all the little nooks and crannies. Yep, exactly, um, exactly. But then, but then you can, but then you can't buy combat skills. It's really you don't have enough points. yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I think my lock lockpicking and hacking are going to kind of stagnate at like the sort of middling levels that they're at now, and I'm going to throw a bunch of points into. I, I was going to throw it into into firearms, but like I really hate firearms in this game. They're just they're, so they're bad. really not they're really not great. I'm they're like, really annoying I'm like, to use. I'm like trying to. I'm like trying. I'm, I'm like trying to shoot like in this this combat with the with this with this blood thing, and <laughs> I shoot it with like forty bullets from my from my thirty eight, oh, and it takes half half his health. I was like, great. Yeah, I have to go buy another forty. It's like I didn't even kill it, and then I have to you know even if I did kill it after this, I'd still have to go spend half my money just to refill my ammo. Yep. Um. So I don't know. I might cheat. I That's might, okay. I might, shoot little, I might shoot a little bit to, to get the fine. points I put into firearms back. Yeah, go for and it. And then uh, put them put them into uh, put them into uh, unarmed combat or something. Because the unarmed combat at least feels okay. Yeah, it at least you, feels like, like you're like connecting it. and doing something. The bullets seriously yeah, feel like you're firing pencil erasers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do remember um, playing this game a long time ago and definitely building firearms characters a few times and it being okay but you really got to start the game with like perception three firearms too for it to be like even worthwhile even, even halfway decent and it's no good at the beginning of the game you, you have to wait until like you get to the middle of the game where you can buy like a shotgun or something yep. um you know once you get that then it gets better but still you run into this the problems where it's like oh you you have to run through this whole dungeon area where you have to fight all these dudes, and there's no ammo. And all you have is auspects. Yeah. And, pres and presence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I mean, Dementation 3, I'm, I'm also kind of beelining for Dementation 3, because Dementation 3 is the instant kill power. Dementation oh, okay. It's like you use it on someone and they die from fright or something like that. Okay. Um, and Dementation Four is is the one that makes um, people it makes people uh, attack uh, right each other attack their allies. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna be lined up for a little bit for that. I've got I've got uh, obfuscate of two, so I'm invisible as long as I'm crouched. Oh, that's good. Which is which is fine. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, so that lets you get through some some stealth areas of the game pretty easily. But I think I really need to build the the. Um, I just I need to build brawl because it's like that's also what the what it checks. You just need you to try, fight. If you if you try to feed on somebody too. Oh really? If you try to feed in the middle of a fight or something oh. like that, it check, it's, it's a brawl check. Oh, so I'm I guess it would be, some, yeah. I'm I'm stuck in these combats with some of these morals like security guards. I'm trying to spam the the feed button. It says your feed, feed has failed. failed. Feed feed failed. failed. It's like oh yeah, of course my feed has failed. I have no brawl and a strength of one. Damn. Okay. Yeah, that's something to think about. My feed attempts fail anyway, and I'm sure I've got some brawl and strength. Maybe I don't have brawl. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't um, give me. Yeah, I wanted those to be primary wherever brawl is, it, and I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely makes me want to play Abruja. Because playing is playing the celerity in this game is fun. When you activate the celerity, everything goes slow-mo. You know, it's all the time. Great. That's so Perfect. good. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And, oh, um, boy. Who else has it besides, and, besides the Abruja? Celerity? Yeah. The Tordor has celerity. Oh, okay. Yep, okay. Yeah, yeah. But the Tordor, but the Abruja also have potent. Which is incredible. And, which is incredible. Move really fast and punch people across the room, out the door, through the roof. Did you you saw that part in the tutorial where um, where Jack like punches a sabat and they fly down the alleyway and turn to ash? In the tutorial, there's a little tutorial section where with uh, smiling Jack, right, and where he he's telling you how to play the game and he's leading you around through this through these alleyways and and oh, you know, I don't, I always, I, I always hit number two. Oh, I always okay. said I don't have that much time because I'm always role playing in my mind, and that's what any character I play would say. They're never too okay. excited. No character I play never chooses choice number one. Fair enough. But he did, there's a whole thing. I didn't even know there was a whole thing. Go back and do it. I'll there's do it. I'm gonna, I'll he, do it. I'll do it. Yeah, he he gives you this. It's the tutorial. He 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 like he runs you through a tutorial. Like this is how you feed. This is how you attack. This is how you stealth. This is how you. This is how you pick up items. This is how you. This is how you pick a lock. Um, you know, if, you, if you've already been playing, it's boring. But at the same time, he he gives you a little bit of story background and he gives you a little bit of yeah. Like, I mean, I still I, I got to see it all so I can cover it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, man, what was I going to say Sorry, about this? Shit? I don't know. Uh, you were talking about how he punches a sabat guy. Oh yeah, with oh, his yeah. curtains. There's a part there he punches he punches about with potents and the and the character goes flying like twenty feet or something like nice. that. But that's what you you do that with your actual characters. Like yeah, if, like if you have if you have a bunch of potents and a bunch of celerity, you can. It's so fun as a Bruja to go like slicing your way with a katana or like a you know. Some of the or, or an know, arm. <laughs> or an arm. Some of the melee weapons you get in this game are great. I think, I think for the longest time I was using like a fire axe or I was using like a a maul. Oh cool! You know? Yeah yeah yeah! Nice! I love that. 
Yeah, I think I was using a fire axe for a lot longer than I should have been because I'm like the very first time I played the game as a Bruja, I missed the store in like the third hub zone, so I didn't, or in the second hub zone, I missed where the store was. Okay. So I didn't, I, I didn't have like the the proper level armor and weapons for the area I was in. I was using like the one tier lower. Oh, I wonder how much that had to do with my first Torador getting killed so bad by the end of the game. Probably not. I mean. As a Bruja, even even with the armor and stuff, one tier lower, I was still tearing my way through the. Oh, good. It was you know the, you know the, it was like the sewer section, you know the sewers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The whole like dungeon where you're, there's yeah, scary guys. Just lots of just lots of vased ghouls yeah, or yeah, yeah. whatever. You just have to fight tons of them. Yep. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with that with Smokavian because I don't think the kill yourself power works on those guys all the time. Or like you use it on them and it takes away a bunch of the health, but it doesn't necessarily. Right. Kill them. Right. Yeah. 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 Get this off his gate and walk past everybody. That's what you got, yeah. Hopefully. <sighs> All right. Well, thank you for listening to Maybe We'll Talk, a podcast where Dave Crane talks to his friends. I'm Dave Crane, and this has been Maybe We'll Talk. That last part, I guess, was a preview. Those are our first thoughts, our preliminary thoughts about Bloodlines, or at least this most recent playthrough for both of us, but we're going to be getting through that, and we will be talking about it eventually. Uh, next Tuesday, we will be talking about Dark Ages, specifically, you know, the clans as they existed at that time, and uh, yeah, Thursday we will talk about Eye of the World. I'm going to be talking to Michelle this week, so we'll see when that comes out, and everything is going to be coming out. And uh, if you would like to talk to me or any of the people I mentioned about Vampire or books or any of the things I just mentioned, uh, come and talk to us on Discord. You can get a link to our Discord by checking out koyadk.tv. That's C-U-Y-A-D-K.tv. You can... Yeah, join us on Discord, get a link to my Etsy, and buy some soap from me. You can support me on Patreon and various other social media platforms, and you can find all of my socials and crap and stuff and my garbage there. Uh, thank you for listening, and uh, yeah, that, that was our coverage of the Camarilla, of the seven Camarilla clans, and we're going to continue talking about Vampire the Masquerade and other things. So for now... Flyosity, why don't you play us out? Thank you so much.